Hey guys, welcome back to Untethered. And yep, you saw it in the title before you even clicked it. Social media is my hit this time. And oh my gosh, let me tell you, this is such a challenging area for me because I'm so incredibly uneasy about the line I walk on in regards to it. I don't know why I'm being so pulled to talk to you guys about it. Who knows, man, but probably because it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't have like a straight line opinion about it. If anything, my line's like, a scribble or like a line that you tried really hard to drive while you drove every single rumble strip possible on the highway full speed yeah that one sounds better <laughs> so social media let's break it down to what it is in the most like straightforward and unembellished way possible so our brains can start to relate this to out of context or what we typically just hear it and go through it so Let's figure out what it is. So it's really just the existence of life through your virtual networks, right? It's based around the practice of creating. It's like a 50-50. So you're practicing creating and you're practicing consuming yourself within platforms or belief or lifestyles around the world through both imagery and audio creating, through video chats, virtual communities just have exploded since the 90s. So I guess if you take everything you know right now about social media, you could kind of judge it in two different ways if you wanted to you could say it's totally the exact opposite of minding your own business <laughs> you could say that and that would be accurate because it is as you're scrolling through joe down the road and joe in china and joe in korea you're just you're going through everyone's belongings and ideas and thoughts and perceptions besides your own and minding your own business would obviously be the opposite but I guess you could also say that social media is this huge outlet for mankind, right? And you could be accurate with that too, because it is, because we've learned and been able to share and grow in an exponential amount of ways that we also have not been able to do in the early 90s. So it's like a catch-22. It's both of those kind of things. And I'm sure you could make more lists as to what else it is for you. But to me, those are the two main things that stick out for me. And I say both of them because I do, I understand that social media has brought this giant outlet of discovery and connections in ways that we've never seen before. And I could sit here with this whole podcast and tell you guys the opposite way that I want to go with this conversation of how social media has helped us grow as people and help us grow through connections and help us grow in ideas and technological ways and really mainly social media is focused on growing via social economical technological growth technological social economical and technological growth right yeah that makes sense but I'm just I'm not concerned about that because I'm really more so concerned and I think a lot of people are about my personal mental emotional growth and I feel like for me that's just always going to take the win so to dive in we're just gonna go a bit fact and research crazy for a minute I'm just gonna nerd out on you for a moment if you will and I know I have to start listing my resources of what I use and everything so prior to me jumping into this I have to give a huge thanks <laughs> to the CDC, to Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, the U.S. Naval Institute, uh, Our World and Data, all of them for having my back during this type of research. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because everything that I put together through that and through my own little social experiment, just guys, it blew my mind. So out of the 7.8 billion people in our world, right? 7.8 billion people, 4 billion, I'm so excited for this, 4 billion have one common denominator, social media. 
out of 7.8 people, billion people, 4 billion of them are active on social media. And out of those 4 billion, 70% are deemed to have an addiction to it. So that's 2.8 billion people. 2.8 freaking billion people are addicted to the internet. That's 35% of our world addicted to the same thing. Now, this is where I'm going to really freak you out. And this is where I must have fact-checked this a million times and back and forth and back and forth for days because I just, I couldn't figure out why no one had said anything about this before or why this is news to me. But ready for this, I'm going to repeat it. 35% of our world is addicted to social media. 2% of the world is addicted or dependent on alcohol or an illicit drug. Two freaking percent. You could sit here right now and name people in your mind or people that you've come across or that you may have known that have had a drug or alcohol addiction, but now take that and make it 35%. Okay, and then just to like add a little bit more of a woe factor, back in 2014, that 35% was only 6%. That's it. So 35% of the world addicted to social media, 2% is addicted to alcohol or drugs. And then if you want to add other cool stuff in, this kind of made more sense and is closer to the social media ordeal. Cigarettes and tobacco use is 20%. But the cool thing about this one is this has actually decreased since 2014, as opposed to the opposite with social media. Um, Gambling was like 6% and then sex was 1%. So those are just like little statistics about it. But what in the world, why is this not talked about? It's all social economical growth. That's why. Where there's an ungodly amount of money involved in all that social media is. Think about the people who create the content. Not just you. The people who create it for you to look at in the bigger aspect. You ever sit by your phone and you're talking to a friend about something and then you go to scroll and there's an ad for it? Yeah, there are literally paid people to sit behind their computers and watch you to filter through your phones and to figure out what it is that you're interested in. And then when you start to pull back, they throw it all in your face. So think of all these positions that social media has created in jobs and just it will blow your mind because I really truly think that if that social media aspect of our economical world was not invented, that we would be hurting a lot more. And I'm sure because we're humans and have a huge capacity to be creative, we would have found another way to do it. But it's just mind blowing that where cash shines show that a belief system will grow. And when one group of people hold a belief, you know how it is, especially in 2020, watch out. So with those statistics, I can hear some of you like, all right, back it up, Sam. What are they considering addicted? Are the numbers assumptions? Like there's different definitions of addicted. Okay, I get it. But for these specific studies, having an addiction was deemed that they would find a user on their phone, on the internet, on some type of platform for more than two hours a day. But that, that's nothing because the research showed that most of those 2.8 billion people are actually on their phones for an average of four hours a day. So this is the part, I hate math, but we're going to take the math because it's really cool in this instant. But check this out. If you're spending four hours of your day on your phone for say 35, no, we'll make it even, say 40 years of your life, that's 
1,460 hours a year on your phone when there's normally 8,700 hours or so in your year. So it's 20% of your year is on your phone. And then more and more and more and say when, by the time you're 40, you add it all up and it's 350,000 hours. So nearly a quarter of your life you are spending on your phone. The thing that makes this so important to me is I'm not going to sit here and give you all of these statistics on why social media is bad. Like all these bad, terrible side effects. Like I could tell you that I found in the study that suicide rates from the age of, I think it was 14 or 15 to the age 35 from the year 2004 until now has literally skyrocketed for the ages, it was either 14 or 15 to 35 and then 35 to 75 also skyrocketed. And it came and happened just around the exact same time where social media really took off. I could go into all of that stuff, but like I said, I'm not trying to get you guys to look at social media like it's this poison because it's not. But we have, we're starting to abuse it, which is that word addiction. We're starting to get lost in this as opposed to just making it an aspect of our lives. So I'm trying to give you guys all this information and this social experiment I'm about to go over with you guys so that way you can at least start putting things into perspective and bring an awareness to it. So just like I said before, everything in moderation, including moderation, so we can moderate this so that way we can see what it does to us, see who we are underneath it, and then go from there. And I don't feel like anyone does that because there's there is this huge ignorance based around it of, I'm not addicted to my phone and I don't care what I post and people can screw off like I am who I am and I don't care what Sally down the road's doing and I'm definitely not peeping on what Betty Lou's doing. It's just, yeah, you are. <laughs> and that's fine, but then it comes to the point where you are feeding your insides. It's like you're a giant computer. So when you're scrolling past something on your phone, no matter what it is, your brain is recording that. And from the time we were 14 years old and all had our little MySpaces, or younger or older than that, whatever, whenever we came into it, we still have the same content that we're looking at if we're not taking our time and going through it every now and then. And I know I've reached several points in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through and remove friends and stop following certain pages and stop looking at certain things and hashtags and all that stuff. Um, or I'm going to stop opening my phone when I wake up, or I'm going to stop looking at my phone before I go to bed. All these different things that I'm sure we've mostly all tried. But it's like, why do we have that impulse? Because there is obviously some sort of tension built around what we're doing every day. So over the last year, I put together a little bit of a social experiment. At first, I was just purely curious, but obviously <laughs> we can see that that curiosity has set off a spark in me. Um, I just didn't plan to discover what I did. And after looking and sitting with it all, I ended up coming up with this acronym to help us kind of step outside of our social media mind bubbles and personalities and step back into these human minds of who we wildly are um, and kind of just like dream our own little dreams and let our own little soul be released through our own way and not through the influence of everyone else. Um, and then whether we choose to go back with it with an awareness or not is up to us. That's the cool part about being human. So... Let me grab this. All right, so I took, it actually took a few more than three people, but I narrowed it down to three people for this purpose. And I wanted to just have close friends of mine journal, like in-depth journal, 
their experiences with doing different things with their social media and their phones. So I took one individual who was going to go a week straight without using her phone before 11 a.m. In terms of social media, she wasn't really, she's not really someone who posts everything every day. Um, she's more of a scroller um, and then posts every now and then, but is very hesitant to post anything. And it's important that you know that because through listening to these little trials, it's gonna be really interesting to see how people's minds work. So the first one I'm about to read you is a couple of her days in her journal of not using her phone before 11 a.m. Okay, day one. It's 10 a.m. and I managed to keep myself busy enough this morning where I didn't notice it much. And then I peed. Okay, phone down. And then I sat at the coffee maker and while it finished up, damn it, okay, phone down. I got this, no big deal, it's just a phone. I'm two in my head and bam, when I was sitting at the checkout line, six people deep, one lady screaming at her super cute kid, another taking a sweet ass time, talking to the cashier after he's checked out, my first reaction was to grab my phone. I must have grabbed my phone 10 times and I put that damn thing back in my pocket every time and watched my thumb just twitch. I found my memo option on my phone. I found my calendar option on my phone. Didn't realize that my calendar looked like that. Didn't realize my calendar had dates saved in it that I had no idea about. Stared that at a few times, but that's it. Damn it, is it really Thursday? That's her day one. Day three, this isn't so bad. I realized today, I put it back on my desk when I woke up and I smiled because I realized this is the first morning in a long time where I got to create my own morning and not have it influenced by everyone else. I think I can do that with my whole day too, right? Am I actually on vacation right now? Damn it, I found the laundry in my mom's very dirty looks. I'm not on vacation. Maybe I missed the phone a little bit now. Day five, I have a new morning routine. I forgot that I just like to listen to the birds and watch them do their thing before the bustle of everyone else comes out and scares them off. This is interesting. Day seven. People at work are talking about a mutual friend we all follow and no one actually fancies this person, might I add. I sat back and watched their whole meal break consumed with someone and something that literally doesn't even matter. Seven days ago, I would have been so deep in this conversation with the latest drama, with the latest details, and now I'm sitting here staring at them and wondering how many other freaking conversations I've had and put my world into that really didn't even matter. So that's the trial for one. Um, and obviously I didn't read each day. There was some personal stuff in there that I envy the crap out of her for sharing me with, but it was just to show you how scattered she went from day one, from how she was all over the place with her thoughts. And then as the days went on, she got more organized and more simple. She didn't feel like she needed to give all those details and have all those distractions. She was noticing things. She had built this awareness. Um, so that was trial notes before 11 a.m. So this next one is no phone after 4 p.m. And this one was a man and he used his social media to help him grow his talents that he was actually very passionate about. This was a cool one because he was not trying to use social media as much to shape him, more so he realized what he wanted to do and use that to inspire him. Um, but even that can get way too much after a while and those inspirations start turning into um, it being, it affecting what you're trying to say as opposed to taking other people's words that have shown approval and using it for your own words, if that makes any sense. So, day one. <laughs> this is boring. I found myself trying to find a way around it. 
I guess this isn't so bad. It's more so just frustrating that I keep reaching for my phone. Day two, I feel super anxious. Like if I don't continue doing what I was doing, I'm gonna miss something or something drastic is gonna change. And I don't know what it is about tonight that's making this so hard, probably because I'm thinking about it, but instead I'm just gonna shove myself in the car and go for a ride, listen to some music, that'll be fine. I'm in the car right now and I'm realizing that I keep trying to grab this phone to scroll. Probably not a good thing seeing as I'm driving, but it's making me realize how much I actually grab this POS. <laughs> Day three, it's morning now and the only drastic thing that's changed was the fact that I was able to plan my morning last night and I feel relief instead of panic this morning. I feel ready and organized and I promise that's not an everyday thing for me. Maybe this is the new me. Am I one of those put together people now? And then the last day, day seven, Besides the occasional sweat, I'm kind of digging turning myself off at this time. I feel less congested. I'm too busy in the morning to fulfill my scrolling anyway, and I really like to be able to plan my day at nighttime for the next day. I feel like my head's clearer when I go to sleep, and I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I think it's safe to say I'm starting to fall asleep much faster. So same thing there. You can see that bit bopping around of anxiety and what the heck is going on and then eventually the waters start to soothe a little bit and you're like oh like there is good in this unfamiliar there is good down this alley um and then this last one i love this woman and she cracks me up <laughs> because of this whole thing is just so blunt and straightforward so this one is trial notes for a girl who was a high level user um, she uses it for work, she uses it for promotions, uses it um, for attention. We don't mean that in a bad way. Take the label off, it just, it is what it is. Um, and these are her notes. <laughs> Day one, whose idea was this? Why do I listen to her and why the F do I do this to myself? Is this when I start learning to knit? Is my pulse existent? I sound dramatic, but you told me to stay honest, so I'm gonna be honest. Your idea is straight stupid. I repeat, this idea is stupid, but I'm doing it anyway because you're onto something. What is this literal pit of anger in my stomach right now? I'm laughing because I'm so angry. Day two. Okay, seriously, what and why? Why am I angry at this? It's like a breakup. I know it's bad for me, but just like one more time, just one more touch. I actually didn't sleep last night. I kept thinking that I was gonna miss something and I am talking to people online like that and I don't want them to think that I'm just ghosting them. But right now, I'm just gonna stay in the fact that I'm pissy and I'm chewing a lot of gum hard and I'm gonna have ice cream, it's 9 a.m., watch me. <laughs> nighttime that day. It's nighttime, wine, I need wine. It's okay, I had the ice cream too. I sound like I'm widowed because right now I am. Straight up, lost my husband. Mostly because I have no desire to sit and listen to myself think and I think I'm about to lose that battle. Day four. I've taken more baths than human existence, but I do feel like I'm not walking alone with anything else right now. Or along, I apologize. I feel like I'm not walking along with anyone else right now. That everyone else around me is existing in this entirely different plane and I'm just numb walking in the background. It sounds strange, but I kind of like this peace and quiet. Day six. Okay, all right, all right. I'm developing new routines and I'm starting to remember things that I like to do and I'm doing them. I even looked at my kid's face today for more than an hour straight without shooing her story or the mom, look at this. And today, most importantly for myself, I left my house in comfy clothes and a clean face because I knew the impulse to selfie my day away was non-existent. And let me tell you, this is what freedom feels like. So same thing, you can see how scattered she went to how together she came. And then she was even positive enough to tell herself that she felt freedom. And that is really badass. So I love that study because it shows us 
things that we didn't even, we weren't aware of. Like I did this whole study myself and um, the man who trial I just used was close to mine because I just realized subconsciously I had been grabbing my phone so much just to fill blank space, um, to fill it at a checkout line, to fill it if I'm waiting for my kids or if I'm getting ready in the morning and I feel anxiety about what to do next, I'll grab my phone for a distraction and start scrolling. Just grabbing my phone nonstop was it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to work around this. I'm just going to download a different app that I can use that's going to help me organize myself. No, no, because you're doing the same thing. So I made myself get rid of it altogether. And for me personally, it sucked, but it helped me to step back into what I really like and to stop paying attention to what everyone else liked and what was working for everyone else. So I feel like it's really safe to say that through all of that, you can see that there was an addiction that was being broke. And in order to break an addiction, you have to remove it. It's like trying to stop substance abuse and still taking in that substance you're abusing every day in some shape or form. I'm just going to do it a little bit. Yeah, well, if you're addicted to it, a little bit is just as bad as the whole thing. It doesn't have to be forever. I feel like those are the famous last words for everyone, right? So anyway, I put together this acronym and it's MINE, M-I-N-E. And this acronym was put together to help us try to break our addictions from that social media and again step back into just our awareness of it and then our control so that way we can move forward with it in our lives in a healthier way or a lot of people are just not accepting it whatsoever and that's fine whatever you choose is fine but at least you can use this and mess with it and see what it does for you see how different you are so let's do this whole acronym ordeal so mine m-i-n-e m is the art of minding your own business The I is encourage open-minded thinking versus linear thinking. The N is not assume control or reality checking what we think we have control over, both both, virtually and physically. And E is to explore and proclaim. And I think for the most part, they happen in that order too. So the minding of your own business, the encouraging of open-minded thinking versus that linear thinking, um, not assuming control, both virtually and reality, um, physically, I mean, and then exploring and proclaiming. So the M, the mind your own business. This is, I always call this an art because it is. It really truly is an art to mind your own business. We've all heard it, especially when we were little, we'd have no problem telling someone to mind your own beeswax. And they would, and we'd skip away like nothing happened. It's the same with stay in your lane or keep the blinders on. And then my favorite one is picking daisies. When someone's like, "Mm, nope, I'm gonna go pick some daisies. I'm I'm picking daisies. Just another way of saying I'm minding my business. And all of them are basically asking the same thing, right? And essentially it's to have respect for someone's privacy. And then to help a little more, make it a little more obvious and blunt, the literal origin of this phrase itself means to manage yourself. So after you're looking at all of these little social experiments that I did with you guys, If you go back over them and listen to them, you can get three things out of each of those individuals. So the majority of it was minding your own business left them what? Left stressed. You could see in the beginning that they were very scattered. Um, And then after they had nothing to really feel that stress, it was let go and they were able to channel it towards something that was a little more productive to them. So for one person, it was the fact that they were able to set their day up the night prior Um, for another person 
it was that they realized that they could start a new morning routine and found some things that they had enjoyed during that. And then for another person, it was the discovery of a freedom feeling. Um, and then that discovery of that sense of freedom helps you to not just like remember who you are, but it also helps you to create on an individual level, which leads to you discovering what your full potential is. Um, it gave them confidence, gave them self-worth. That's what minding your own business will do for you. And I know that we've had little tastes of that during our life, and I promise you there's no way, shape, or form that you can honestly tell me right now when you were able to do that, it was not beneficial or felt good for you. So first, learning how to mind your own business. That can be really challenging too, and we'll get a little deeper into that. And then the second one is I. So encourage open-minded thinking versus linear. So open-minded thinking versus linear thinking is hand-in-hand with social media. So when you are on your phone and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you're creating, you are following this line of beliefs, of um, perceptions, of imagery, of this is what you need to look like, or this is how you get to success, or this is how you get to simplicity, or this is the way you get to money. It's, it gives you straight lines in every direction, but it doesn't, it doesn't expand outside of that. So if you think of it as this, as linear thinking is pure control. So if I were to take a line between me and this rock that's right in front of me, there'd be a straight line, right? So same as social media. If I want this outcome, there's a straight line from me to it. But everything else that lays outside of that opportunity or out of that line is opportunity, right? So I see the straight line from me to my destination, but I'm not looking outside of that to maybe the waterfall that's over there or the cool tree that I could see that's over there. It's just linear thinking is ultimately pure control. So there's no space within your line of vision for anything else. And then we come to this like huge realization that opportunity is wide open. So we have to act and behave from an area of open-mindedness if we're gonna require change, if we want new experiences, if we want that same old shit, then stay within that line, stay within that ordeal of linear thinking. We're so used to our phone selling us and literally saying, you have it all at the tip of your finger, that when we don't have something at the tip of our finger, our brain freaks out a little bit knowing that the outcome's not controlled. So take this to your marriage or a job or a friendship or a prime turning point in your life. Where's the home button on those situations? There's not. So we have to create one, but we've forgotten how to do that. So we get into these vicious cycles of demanding this linear thinking to step outside of our phones and step into our actual lives to save the day when it never does. Only when we give up do things start to shift. So giving up is opportunity within itself. Moving out of that way and staying open-mindedness is opportunity. So that's the second thing that has to happen. You got to change your way of thinking. So for N, N is not to assume control and reality checking what we think we have control over both virtually and physically. So when you're living in that linear life and living with that land of open-endedness, what happens if we just quit having control, cold turkey. I would personally die, because I think this is the hardest part of my life for me, but what if we just started to allow whatever outcome comes to just happen? I think the cold turkey is bullshit, to be honest with you, because I can't see that as probable in my future. <laughs> but what if we just start monitoring what it is that we try to control every day? So. The biggest one, obviously, is back to that not caring what other people think, minding your own business. That's bingo, the biggest one. But what if we 
let control over little things like what's for dinner or what has to be done at work versus what I want to be done at work or the deadline to a project you're working on. I have control, I want it to be exactly a week from today so you beat the crap out of yourself and then it doesn't happen and then you reach an expectation of disappointment. So what happens if we start letting go of those little things? Okay, I'm gonna start working on this project. I'm gonna have trusted myself that I'm gonna put effort into it and when it gets done, it gets done. There's no control into that. It's just leaving it open-ended. Um, another one is, okay, I have no idea what the heck I'm gonna make for dinner tonight, but I'm gonna think really hard about it all day and then when I get to dinner, I'm still not gonna be totally happy with my decision. It's just the expectation was built around it. There's no open-endedness, so there's no opportunity. It was just this straight, linear thinking of demanding you have control over something. No matter how simple and silly it may be, it puts such a strain on us to do that because we build these expectations around them. So start finding little things in your life that you're trying to control daily and see if you can manipulate with letting them be out of your control and see what that does for you. And then the last one is E, explore and proclaim. So now that you've entered this world of practicing minding your own business and you have entered this ability to really encourage that open-minding thinking versus that linear and then you go even further and not accept yourself or expect yourself to have control over that it's it's literally asking you guys to try to live as free as possible that's it like that's the sum of this is mind your own business keep an open mind don't try to control everything and then once you do that you have this version of yourself that's so much more raw than a version you've ever met before and you can start exploring that and you can start figuring out who you actually are underneath the minding your own business underneath the linear thinking outside of that opportunity outside of the control and you get to be reunited this with untouched like little antique version of you and now once you can explore that you can proclaim it you can proclaim that version of you and start living that version of you because the truth underneath it all is that this is the real you and when you're influenced by all that social media and all the news feeds and all the trends and the fads that's not you anymore you've been influenced so this is you underneath all of that influence so just try it take that acronym m-i-n-e rewind that i'm going to write it down too so you guys can have it because i feel like when it's in front of you it makes it a lot easier they're just four areas of your life to work on in order to step outside of that social media way of thinking so get off there just a little bit and pay attention what's it doing to you and why and if you want to explore it more then go for it if you decide not to just make sure it's not because you're afraid of anything that might happen because of it so in those little social experiments you could see that they were getting freaked out they're like what do i do with myself i don't want to listen to myself think so just don't quit and don't give up on just your one week trial because you're afraid of what you're gonna have to sit with. Because if you have that fear of having to sit with something or of having to have no distractions, then there's something there that you need to pay attention to and that will not go away until you do it. So scroll your faces off, but that's still gonna be lingering in the background. I promise you're not gonna die of loneliness. I swear you are literally going to miss nothing. This might come off as really blunt and maybe bratty, but guys, you're just missing more filters and graphics people use to make their lives as pure as though they think they even want it. The majority of people on social media don't live that way. And I cannot tell you how aggravating it is for me to have such trust for people. And then 
I will, they'll come up in conversation and I don't know them, but someone else will. And they see this is outside of minding your own business. And they will be like, no, they're not like that in real life at all. Like they're totally not like that. And then my weirdness of, we'll get into this in more in depth another time too, but the manifestation part of life. So manifesting is saying that, excuse me, that you are acting and believing and speaking and feeling about an outcome before it actually happens and then by doing that by speaking and feeling and living a way that's not yet manifested it manifests and I am literally queen advocate for manifesting because it's just worked so well for me so it's like okay how do you manifest via social media of someone that you're not quite yet but you're trying to be and then separate that when it gets too toxic for you And the only way I can think of it is if you're on social media and you're looking at content and creating content that gets you excited, you're on the right track. But if you're looking at content and creating content that brings you any type of anxiety negatively or heavy or makes you hesitant or an icky feeling, if it gives you anything but excitement, then you need to step away from something or you need to reroute or you need to reevaluate. So... Go through your social media, get rid of stuff after all of this, if you choose to go back, of course, and get rid of the stuff that isn't actually lining up to that authentic you, to that antique version of you. And then you can start moving into it again a little bit at a time. Like I said, everything in moderation, including moderation, but just put it all down for a week because when you're looking at all this stuff, whatever you're looking at, imagery turns to what? Thought, right? So if you're looking at something in front of you, your mind's automatically going to think, what is this? And then that thought turns into perception. So, okay, now I, I'm going to take an object to make this easier for you guys. Um, I will, I have coffee in my hand. We're going to use coffee. Okay, cool. So I'm holding a cup of coffee in front of my hand right now, in front of my face right now. First thing that happens, this imagery turns to thought. Okay, this is coffee. Now that thought is going to turn into some type of perception. Mm, I like coffee. And then that perception leads to a belief or desire. My belief is that I totally need this coffee right now and my desire is to have more. And then all of this together gives you a physical expression of that belief or desire, which means this is going to come to my lips now. That's what happens with everything, everywhere, but especially that 35% of the world that is addicted to our phones. So think about that. Ultimately, overall, 7.8 billion of us, 2.8 billion of them have formed this ultra dependency on this one giant source that gives us spins in a news feed shaped wheel that provides us with options as to who we can be. And then we use that system to, in fact, decide who we are. And then we try like freaking hell to be it. So what you see is what you do. What are you looking at? Are you picking daisies or are you popping social media? Figure it out for yourself. Everything I always say to you guys and all of these podcasts are information that are just thrown at you for you to roll around in and get juicy with and do whatever the hell you feel you need to do with it. I'm going to go more into this um, probably in two or three episodes, but this is just the beginning of it. I really wanted to get that acronym out to you guys and that social experiment so maybe you guys can start screwing with it too and just like anything else stay untethered with it (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys till next time